Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. I hope you've had a lovely, lovely week. I've had a nice week. I have, as you know from my last podcast, I have been attuned to second degree Reiki uh, recently. And when you get attuned to Reiki, uh, the 21 days after your attunement, you have what's called 21 days of healing, where you do daily Reiki on yourself. Um, and actually, really, it's a great thing to do as a Reiki practitioner forevermore to do it on yourself every day. But it's, it's really especially important that you do it in the first uh, 21 days. And oh, it's just so magical. You can really, really feel when you turn your Reiki channels on and it really does feel so nourishing and uplifting. I just, I'm just continually blown away with how I can shift my energy and how I feel and shift how things are going in my day just through the power of Reiki. And I really noticed as well, having done level one Reiki, um, just how much there is a shift when you do level two and how much more powerful those channels are. So yeah, I'm just absolutely loving it. I'm in the process, hopefully, inshallah, as we used to say in Dubai, of uh, updating my website to uh, have a Reiki page where you can book in for a Reiki consultation with me. So sounds a bit crazy I know but Reiki does work across time and space so I can do remote Reiki um if it's something you'd like to chat to me about then um you don't have to wait for me to uh sort my website out I'm hopefully going to do it today but let's see how that goes um but you can just send me an email or a dm and um, book in for that with me or ask me any questions you want to if that's something you are interested but I know that you are all just like me. You're on this path of being alcohol free because you want to up level. You want to manifest the life of your dreams. And a huge part of that process is spiritual healing. We're on a spiritual healing journey. We're learning about our energy. We're empowering ourselves to take control of our energy. And it is all about empowerment. And that's why this journey is so so exciting because we've step into our power and our authenticity more and more every step of the way so yeah i'm just absolutely buzzing about my reiki journey at the moment um in other news so group coaching membership is open if anyone would like to join my group coaching membership then please do get in contact and i as always um am uh, still doing my one-to-one coaching i have got two spaces that have opened up recently um i was fully booked but i have got two spaces for one-to-one coaching if anyone would like to jump in and grab those then do get in contact with me and again inshallah fingers crossed i will be launching my um live 
course, uh, Stop Drinking, Start Manifesting Soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed, in January. Um, I'm working on all the behind the scenes stuff at the moment um, with regards to how I can how you know the platform that I run this from and getting this all up and running for you and making sure it's absolutely amazing um so I've had quite a few inquiries already about this if anyone would like to get on the wait list for that and secure your spot you don't need to pay me a deposit or anything just just let me know and I'll pop your name on the list so that I can make sure that I contact you when it comes to um signing up day um so This week's guest is Nigel Jones, who is a fellow sober coach and a sober author. So he's come on today to talk all about his journey, what he does and his awesome new book. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Nigel. How are you today? Anika, hi, I'm great. Really good to be on the show. Yeah, awesome. So good to have you on the show. So would you like to begin by introducing yourself um, and telling everyone, you know, what who you are, what you're about, what you do? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I- I'm Nigel, Nigel Jones, and I'm the author of Walking Back to Happiness, The Secret to Alcohol-Free Living and Wellbeing. Um, I'm in my 50s. I'm married. I've got three uh, grown-up children. They're in their in their 20s. And I'm living my, I would call my second life, which uh, started a couple of years ago when I stopped drinking uh, my good old friend, alcohol. Um, and I like that you called it your good old friend, because I think a lot of listeners can relate to having had that relationship with alcohol, if, you know, either in the past or maybe even still in the present. So tell us a bit more about, um, about how alcohol was your good old friend and what that was like for you. Yeah, of course. Obviously, obviously, there's there's a huge element of dry humour in that because it's not really my friend at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, 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 I drank for the best part of 35, 36 years. Um, and I would call myself a middle lane drinker. So I, I was, you know, probably towards the end drinking about a bottle of wine a day, which was like normally after work, a, a couple of glasses to, you know, finished off the bottle. So, but it was every day and it had just got too much basically. Um, what by the time uh, you're of, you know, that early fifties age, you know, it, it just, it just can't go on really physically. You just, you just can't face it. But you know, the, the story, the story really just, um, pans out over thirty odd years, and and it and it's a story of how um, I I let alcohol, you know, weave into my life. Uh, it became, you know, a part of me. Almost, it was a part of my identity. Mm. Um, and, and I and I think, uh, you know, as soon as I really, really realised that, which unfortunately was not until you know my early fifties, um, I was able to deal with it properly. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, my, mine is a story of uh, 35 years of drinking, which, you know, if I'm really honest, I, I, I really did enjoy myself in my 20s and 30s doing this. It was great. I was going out, entertaining clients. I worked in large uh, advertising and PR agencies um, and it was fun. You know, well, at least I thought it was. Um, and I had a, I had what I would call a great time at the time. Um, but as as I say, as you get that little bit older, it does start to take its toll and you 
uh, I thank goodness saw it for what it really is and and changed my beliefs about it almost two years ago. Uh, that's just amazing that you you had that shift. And I really like that you just pointed out there um, the identity piece, because identity is really at the center of lasting behavior change. And you're absolutely right. Um, for so many of us, alcohol has been a part of who we are. And I think it's endemic in, in British culture, actually, especially if you've if you've been to university or if you've worked in the city, it becomes a huge part of who you are and what you mean, doesn't it? That, you know, I'm a student, you know, we drink or I work in the city and we, we go for drinks after work. I mean, how for you was, was do you think, when, at what point in your life did alcohol become in, intertwined with your identity? I think it was always there. I mean, it, 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 it you, you're, you're brought up to, for it to be like almost like a rite of passage. You know, it, it, once you, it's almost like you know your 18th birthday. What's the first thing you do? You go and have a legal drink in a pub, mm. uh, and, and most people have already had an illegal drink in a pub. Well, they, they did in the 1980s anyway. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's it's similar today. Um, <laughs> so so. It, it was always there and you know and as you as you grow up um so i was growing up in the in the in the 70s and the 80s and and what what was you know in front of you was was the messages that were alcohol was uh, a, a romantic sexy thing you know basically the film stars drank everybody drank the sports stars the formula one guys poured it over themselves the football players like had you know were drinking beer in the bath after the match it was mm. it was everywhere you know you'd crack over a bottle of champagne if you won um and you know James Bond is a classic sort of like knocking back I don't know how many bottles of scotch he drinks an hour but it's like crazy how he could do all those things <laughs> but you know, it's you, you know the messages are all around you all the time and they are literally subliminally uh being ingrained into your your psyche um mm. and so whether I liked it or not, um, it was it was pushed into my unconscious by the media around me. And, you know, even though we only had like four TV channels in the early 80s, um, you know, those messages were very clear on there. Uh, so I, I had a, an American friend uh, stay uh, or met, met um, in the UK a few a few weeks ago. And um, he said to me, which was really interesting, he said that um, uh, last night he spent um three hours in a pub just sitting in his lounge watching the television because he loves the, our, our soaps and so he watched Emmerdale, Coronation Street and EastEnders and basically oh. <laughs> they're all set in pubs uh, and, and or, or there's a huge amount of like in the bar in all mm -hmm. of them so whether you like it or not you're sitting there at tea time in the UK from say five to eight o'clock and you're actually in a pub and you're watching people in a pub. So what do you do? I mean, that that message clearly is alcohol is good. Um, it's that's not a bad so thing. true. I haven't thought of that. I, and that's like brainwashing from a young Completely. age. And our brain's so plastic. I'm, you're sitting at home watching Coronation Street with your parents every night, like I did. We were literally primed, weren't we, to to be drinkers from the from the get go. Coronation Street, EastEnders, Emmerdale's, uh, you know, they're, they're really good friends of anyone who's producing booze. I mean, I mean, it's great that you've got a pub. It's like, it's like, you know, that's, you know, that just drives the market. You don't even need to drive your brand. You just drive the market of drinking by, by showing a pub at prime time. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. So what was the moment then 
when you kind of I call it waking up and you know I'm very spiritual I very much link being alcohol free with going on a spiritual journey and really up leveling your life and for me I do describe the the kind of moment when the lights really switched on for me as as a kind of waking up a kind of spiritual awakening and you, you see alcohol for what it really is um what was that like for you when that happened yeah, I've got to be really honest on this. You know, I, I, I'd be, I'd be kidding myself if I, if I didn't say that. I, I knew all the time that alcohol was bad. Mm. I, I just didn't want to believe it. Um, I, I, I had huge limiting beliefs about stopping. Like, you know, if I stopped, you know, I would have no friends. Everybody I knew drank. You know, I would be the outcast. I would leave the tribe. I would leave the alcohol drinkers tribe, which I, I explain in, in the book I've written. Um, I talk about the, the, the tribalism of alcohol and. And that's one of the difficult things about stopping is believing that if you leave the alcohol tribe, drinking tribe, um, you will be outcast. And Mm. and that's not the case. You know, for years, I told myself I have to drink because I won't get on at work. I I won't be successful if I'm not drinking with my clients or my colleagues, you know, won't won't, won't sort of, you know, I won't get promoted if I'm not drinking, if I'm not one of the gang. And and it is absolute rubbish, you know, I mean, to, to think that way. Um, but we do it. And these are uh, limiting beliefs are one of the main reasons why, uh, you know, people stay where they are and they don't grow. They don't have a growth mindset. So so for me, um, I always knew deep down that it was wrong. Um, uh, but what uh, happened to me in my early 50s, as I say, was I, I failed so many times to stop drinking because I used the wrong method. I basically tried thousands of times on day ones to say, right, that's it. I'm stopping. And I never got past, you know, day two, three. But the furthest I went in um, uh, 35 years was six days. Can you believe that? And, and then and then on day seven, I rewarded myself with a drink because I'd done so well. I mean, it was crazy. Um, so 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 really, for me, you know, the 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 epiphany moment was um I think I can pinpoint it down to the fact I, I, I was in a car driving my son back from his first term at university uh, uh, where he was in Cardiff studying down there. And I, I we live in Kent, so I'd gone down to pick him up and drive back. So we were alone in the car for four hours together. And it, that was, a, you know, a, an amazing, you know, quality time to spend with 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 my son, just listening to him talk about um his growth mindset and what had happened to him in his first year at at uni and how his horizons were expanding and you know he had the whole of his life in front of him um and I thought to myself you know I've still got the whole of my life in front of me and and I and I I knew deep down as I say that alcohol was bad I had to stop it and really that I think pushed me over the edge to saying right I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do it how I used to do it, which was to start off basically thinking I'm still a drinker trying to become a non-drinker. So what I like uh, about what you do, um, Annika, is is this manifestation stuff is absolutely fantastic because without knowing it, I actually did manifest a new me. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I put that new me at the top of the mountain uh, and, and, and the top of the mountain was non-drinking territory. So, so before, what I'd done is I'd looked up at the top of the mountain from right at the bottom of it as a drinker saying, I'd like to become a non-drinker. And so I had this huge, huge mountain to climb 
to get to that new status or that new identity that I wanted for myself. And that is why I was, it was all going horribly wrong. So this new, this new thing I did was I told myself on day one, I am now a non-drinker. I am actually there. I am on top of the mountain. There is nothing to climb. Um, yeah, I might fall down a little bit, but if I do fall down a bit, it's not, it's not too far to go back up to the top again. So I was, I didn't have this humongous journey. I was there. And so what I needed to do, um, I needed to really, really believe that I was gonna stay there because I, I, I deserved to be there. I wanted to be there. And the, 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 the things I used to do that really have been around for thousands and thousands of years. And they are teachings from Stoicism uh, uh, and teachings from, from, from Buddhism. Uh, and lots of Asian philosophies uh, uh, do this. And so they're basically very simple. And what they are is that, that every thing, the, thing that you do in your life is governed by an intention. Whether you uh, drink a cup of tea, drink, a, drink a, a, an alcoholic drink, um, go for a run, whatever it is, it, it is be, behind every action lies an intention. And so what happens is if you intend to do something like drink, then you'll you'll have you'll do the deed. You will drink, and mm. if you do a lot of those deeds uh, continuously, they will become a habit, and that habit will define your character, and that the character will lead to your destiny. Mm. So, so very simply, if you take all this right back to why you did that deed in the first place, it is basically because you intended to do it. So, so therefore, you need to look at what is in intentions. And intentions, very simply, are made up of your beliefs and your values. So if I was a non-drinker, I had to believe I was a non-drinker, manifest that. Mm -hmm. And also, I had to look at the values that a non-drinker had. What are they? they? They are health. I want to be healthy. I am healthy. Um, I, I exercise. Um, I, I I don't drink. I mean, there's, you can build these up very quickly. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm wise. I want to learn about what the true effects of alcohol are. So you build these values into your life and you believe them. And and yeah, it's just, just to add in there. Sorry, because everything you're saying totally resonates with me. I completely agree with all of the all of the things you're saying. Um, I don't know if you found this, but for me, when I when I discovered being alcohol free, I realized one of my values is learning and being interested in the world. And when you drink, you just don't have time <laughs> to no. read all the things you want to read and learn about all the things you want to learn. And that for me became such a huge carrot. I was like, I don't have time. <laughs> it's too much to learn. Sorry to interject there, but I just wanted to add that in because that really resonated with me. No, completely. And and what it is, it's all about being present. And 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 one of the 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 major things for me was waking up on day two, um, having not drunk on day one. You you immediately feel, well, I felt a hundred percent better than I did the day before because I just didn't have any of the poison in me. Mm. Um, and that really makes a difference because it gives you the energy you've got more get up and go you want to do stuff um you know you want to get out you want to go for a walk you want you you you're sharper you're more alert there's more clarity in your life the cloud is gone and and as as the, the longer you go on that journey each day you go forward it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and one of the massive learnings for me which you know fueled the whole of this um 
was was becoming more present or or living my life in the now and and really you know if i'd said that to myself um when i was a drinker i would think it was a bit woo woo i mean i just wouldn't like go what the hell are you talking about meditation mindfulness what is that and and very simply um it's it's it really is all about the fact that your your body is the and if you look at your body and mind as as, as two separate things just just so you can understand this it's your body is always always in the present it can't be in the past because that's gone and it can't be in the future because that's not here the only thing that actually goes to the past is your mind and your and your mind also goes to the future and when it goes there it normally worries it normally is anxious about what's happened or mm. what did I say? What did I do? Did I do the wrong thing? And these are all things that come out of drinking. Mm. Um, and it also makes you fret. It starts thinking, oh, what will happen in the future? That people catastrophize. They do all sorts of things and think like the world is going to go wrong. Everything is going to go wrong for me. This is not happening. This is only happening in your head. And so, so therefore you are making this story up. And, and, and that's that's the crazy thing about it, because as soon as you realize that and as soon as you actually start to live more out of that past and, and future, you you basically save, I think, 50 percent of your life, because I, I think on average, something like people think about the past and the future 50 percent of the time. So if you're not thinking about it, get this, you're going to actually double the time you have in the present and on this planet. And that is just unbelievable. I mean, and then since I've stopped drinking, um, I feel as if I've lived like three or four lives. I mean, I've done so many things. I mean, I've written a book. I've I've learned to play the piano. Um, I'm learning a, a, another language. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, what, I agree what... as well that that ego voice, we still have it. We can't get rid of it. Right. But it, it's so much louder when we're drinkers. Right. Then when we stop, it's like it turns the volume up, volume up when we're drinking. Yeah. look, You, you can never get rid of your ego. You, it, it, you know, it's why you live. It's why you're alive. It's why you survive. But what what you can do is you can become less egocentric and more soul centric. And, mm -hmm. and I think I think that's the key. Yeah. What 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 what's stopping um drinking does or taking any drug that is mind altering or mood altering actually it keeps you more in the present and you know I, i've got this analogy i use which is you know we, we have something like 50 60 000 thoughts that fly through our mind every day so that's like more than one a second um and if you think of them you know you know if you take if you think of those thoughts as being like a tv channel um, you know, wh whatever you're thinking about at that time is, is the channel you're on. And you, you, you might switch between channels like the past, the future, or I'm worrying about, say, finance and worrying about relationships. So there's there's loads and loads of these TV channels that we just we flick between worrying about the past and the future. But there's this one channel called the Discovery Channel. And if you turn that on, it takes you to the space called mindfulness. And that's the channel where you can learn to get in between those thoughts, that find the space between those 55,000 thoughts. And when you're in there, when you're in there, that is when it all starts to happen. And, and really this is like going to the gym for your mind. So all mindfulness is, all meditation is, is training your mind to actually think less about the past and the future and think about the now be aware of what's around you and if you do that every day and that's one of my goals I, I meditate 15 to 20 minutes a day when I'm out walking um, you will see huge benefits within a week 
and within a year honestly it changes your life amazing so talk to us then about this book that you've written because I'm sure it is full of inspirational stuff like the things you've just been telling us tell us more yeah so 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 basically I, I wrote the book while I was walking the country lane so I I I when I stopped drinking, I, I started walking um, and uh, I walk uh, almost nine, ten. I walk 10 kilometers um, every day now. And I've done that for over 18 months because um, uh, I, I so I basically have three goals. Um, uh, they're all very simple. I call them daily journey goals. I have no, no other goals, only these three. And one is to get up at five o'clock and go for a walk, mm. um, which is uh very simple if you don't drink it's you you wake up at five anyway and so that's pretty easy ticked off goal uh the second one is to meditate when i'm on on those walks and the third one is not to drink alcohol so so i immediately became much more energetic and started walking and i i created um uh because i was walking early in the morning i was doing fifteen thousand steps a morning um that worked out at about nine nine kilometers and i was doing it before nine o'clock so I called it 9km by 9am. Mm. Uh, and and as I was doing those walks, I I, I was, you know, thinking to myself, my God, I, I'm a, my life has completely changed. I really, really want to share this with people. Um, I really want to tell this secret that I've learned because uh, I lived my 35 years of my life not knowing the secret, not knowing how to do it. And I discovered it. So the book really is... Um, how to stop drinking and what I went through in the first year and it's written in such a way that um, you can jump in or jump out wherever you are on the journey so it's the build-up to day one it's the first few days the first few weeks the first few months uh, and beyond uh, and in it it's called walking back to happiness because I obviously walked back to happiness mm. uh, but it's all about the secret of stopping drinking and how to do it and each chapter there are there are steps you can take uh, uh of 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 how, how you can get there as well and so I, I i cover things like you know cravings and gratitude and mindfulness and meditation but also really you know the core at the beginning of the book is understanding you understanding your identity what your values are what your beliefs are what is your purpose in life and once you get that everything falls into place mm. everything right sounds amazing so as you know, Nigel, I am all about manifestation and I'm, I can tell already from the things that you've been saying that you have manifested so many cool things since you've stopped drinking. So what would you say are your top manifestations since you've let go of alcohol? Um, I think I think this is is really critical. Um, it's funny, actually, because when I was doing it, I didn't call it manifestation, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it really is manifestation because I it's one of those things I, I I learned about fairly recently and I thought wow this is good because it's something I'm already doing but I just didn't give it that that name um and I, and I think for me um you know the core of the success of uh, of achieving freedom from from alcohol or, or, or changing your identity or changing the things that you want to do is manifesting stuff mm. um and it really comes back to to the values so so when I when I stopped drinking and I and I wanted to shift my identity, um, I really looked at the the core values that I, I, I stood for. And there's this great test you can do online. It's called the VIA test. Um, so if you if you pop, pop that into Google, 
it's a free test and it and it literally uh it takes about 10 minutes and it gives you um a, a score or put puts in order your top 24 values mm. um, and it's really really interesting actually sort of to to see what comes up and so the stuff I had in mind were like were like learning, curiosity, creativity, which all fall into this bigger value called wisdom. Um, and so that was quite, you know, central to to, you know, to, to this cat to my character. Mm. Um, I also had like um, uh, honesty in there, which is part of courage. And uh, I had self-regulation, which is part of temperance and love, which is part of humanity. These, these sort of like uh, sort of quite you know they, they were high up in my values mm. uh, and also there was this sort of spiritual thing that was coming out which was like you know um, hope and uh, humor that they, they really come into transcendence and so so these values are, 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 I knew they were what I stood for and they were coming out via this test as well and and really you know for manifestation I just I, I wanted to share with the world my secret of alcohol free living so i manifested that i was going to write a book mm. um and because when you sit when you sit there and you think you know everybody wants to write a book i think you know I, I always wanted to write a book i never got around to it um but why did i do it this time uh, i did it this time because i actually believed i could do it and i really wanted to do it and i pictured myself as the author you know at the launch um and it just became a you know a, a driving part of why I was doing it. I was I'd, I'd always I'd almost well I had convinced myself that it was going to happen, um, and it happened. I mean I still had to go and do it. I still had to write it, but I really wanted to because I knew I was going to do it. It's it's hard to explain, but yeah, what I did is I I I told myself this was going to happen, and I also did that for. Um, uh, I did a diploma in in positive psychology coaching and you know and again in my mid 50s would I have would I have thought that I was going to go back to college and do this and so I actually believed it I believed I was going to do this and and then therefore it happened just like I stopped drinking I believed I was a non-drinker right at the beginning and so there is a very strong element of truth in in manifestation and what it stands for and 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 the process and the results it delivers um i mean not everything comes true but the thing is you know you've got to want it to so if you believe it and you want it and you drive it then it does not and i would really. i would argue sorry we talked about limiting beliefs before um limiting beliefs and how we see ourselves and our identity are, I think, the key blocks that we need to unblock when when things aren't coming through. It's like, well, where's my limiting belief around that? If I don't really believe it's possible, then it then it won't happen, um, or I don't really believe I can do it. So if I really have on my manifestation list that I want to write a book, but I also have a really strong belief that I'm a terrible writer and nobody wants to listen to me, that's going to block me. <laughs> I need to look at that so that I can walk through that kind of fear um, yeah. and and manifest the the book um so that's that's really really helpful so in uh, in what other things have you manifested and what kind of golden nuggets have you come across around unblocking yourself as it were I think I think you know when I when I look back on this I mean I, I I've pretty much been doing this all my life uh without really realizing it and so um for years I sort of um uh got into this, I think I, I read a book about 20 years ago about moon bathing. 
and and it was like um if you and i've probably got it wrong but it sort of works for me so it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> so as long as it works it doesn't really matter so 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 every time there's a full moon i try to look uh, stand in the garden and look at it um so that the light it said in this book if it lands on your face you can make a wish yeah and that wish will come true and and so you know running my own companies i you know i thought you know i'd try anything really it's a bit of superstition it's sort of like um it was like oh let's hope the business does well this month or uh let's hope my my mother has good health or, or whatever it was you know they they were sort of they were wishes that were like uh they were not they were not like i want to win the lottery they were they were like sort of stuff that i knew could be achievable mm. um, and uh and and they normally happened and so as long as i kept them within within reason um, and so this sort of moon wishing um i know again it sounds a bit woo woo but it's it's not really i mean I, I, there'll probably be loads of people standing in their gardens now looking at the moon why but not it, it's really good <laughs> honestly it, it's it's uh it's it's good fun and it's sort of it's spiritual because you know the, the moon's been there since time you know forever isn't it and so there, there is something powerful about it there's some there's a pull about it i don't know what it is but it works for me yeah that's great and i just like to kind of pull apart the word woo woo because i do use it occasionally when i'm trying to reassure people um but i also don't like that word at all because this is my reason why woo woo i think comes from the 90s when i grew up when we didn't believe in anything no one believed in anything and it was only like physical stuff that you saw that you believed in and we were disempowered and i remember at university thinking i was so clever when i would start the science versus religion argument and i'd be like let's have a really intellectual chat <laughs> we're so intellectual and now i'm i mean i know that there's a distinction between religion and spirituality and that's a whole other podcast but um if you if you just take spirituality and science and and i and you try and set them against each other i actually think that is disempowering. They are two sides of the same coin. When you look at quantum physics and spirituality and science in depth, they explain each other. They 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 are not different. So, um, and that is one of the things I think we're discovering more and more. These practices, like standing under the moon and and letting the the light come on you and making a wish. Yeah, before it might have felt like that was a fantasy, right? Oh, but that couldn't really do anything. But you've learned from experience that it does work. You can explain that on so many levels. You can explain it from the way our subconscious mind works and what instructions we're giving to our subconscious mind. You can explain it from a quantum physics perspective. Yes, you can explain it from a spiritual perspective. I just think it's so interesting, isn't it, that I think it's becoming more and more widespread that people who don't identify as being hippies or woo-woo are, are discovering that these practices do actually work now. I th I'm loving this shift. It's because we're in an Aquarian age, I think. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Yeah. And yeah, I for one don't think it's woo-woo at all. And I'm also an Aquarian. Oh, I don't know if that links. I don't know enough about astrology. I just know that... Um, we're in an Aquarian era and the last time we were, it was the 60s. And I can see there are sort of parallels in the kind of level of spiritual awakening that's going on. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I can see this. <laughs> oh, OK, cool. Uh, so if people listening, I'm sure everyone wants to rush out and buy a copy. Where can they find a copy, Nigel? Yeah, so it's on Amazon. Um, it's Walking Back to Happiness, um, Secret of Alcohol, Free Living and Wellbeing. 
I think if you just put in Walking Back to Happiness, it comes up uh, and it's on paperback, hardback and Kindle or ebook uh, on, on there. Awesome. And where can people find you online? Yeah, so so if you uh, go to the 9km by 9am.com, um, you can uh, see uh, all about my challenges. Um, there's we've, we've got a lot of people over this around about 125, 130 of us on in a in a Facebook group where we go out walking each morning, uh, posting sort of virtual, you know, posting the walks, the 9km walks. And it's all about, you know, getting up early, watching the sunrises and going for a walk. So. Uh, that's on 9km by 9am. And uh, I, I also um, qualified as a coach about uh, three months ago. So I'm doing a lot of work with people who want to work with me one-to-one on, on their values and purpose and, and beliefs and, and, and kicking the booze, basically. Amazing. Thanks so much for coming on today, Nigel. Truly inspirational. Um, some really awesome anecdotes and tips there for people. Thank you so much. Um, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Brilliant. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.